Thank you for listening to today's message from Cornerstone Community Church. This is part five from Pastor Taylor's series, Rooted and Grounded in Love, I Want to Be More Like Jesus. Well, good morning. How are you doing? Are you blessed today? Highly favored. All right. Glad you're alive in Lynchburg today. (laughs) Today, the title of the message is I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. And I assume that everyone here wants to be more like Jesus. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, we're doing a series on rooted and grounded in love. And this is the fifth message. We also title each message separately, and so we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we know that the fruit of the Spirit we are talking about basically uh, the effect of or the uh, result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and controlling us, leading us and guiding us. Some, uh, sometime in Galatians, I call it, uh, if you're walked by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, if you're led by the Spirit... And I like to call it controlled by the Spirit. And so that's what we want. We've already talked about uh, four different effects or results of the Holy Spirit in our life. We talked about love. We talked about faithfulness. We talked about uh, peace and joy last week. And we also said that you need a mixture of faith, hope also to go with that uh, in order to make those things work. I believe that you need, actually, all of it working together. I believe that that they are not separate entities, that you have to work on this one, then you start working on the next one. I believe it's a continuous thing. It's a a whole thing rather than uh, partial things. So today, we're going to cover two uh, other manifestations or effects or results. We'll cover uh, temperance, and we'll also cover uh, probably we'll get to kindness or gentleness. So let's start in Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there. I want to be more like Jesus. That's the, that's the issue. I want to be more like Jesus. And that's, that's real. That's real in my life. I really want to be more like Jesus. And it says in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 5, Therefore, be imitators, and that word therefore is there because of what's said above, and we'll come back to that at the end, why the therefore is there. Be imitators, and that we get our word mimic from that, and it is spelled similar in the Greek. We want to be followers, the King James will say, but it really is imitators of God as beloved children. That's what we want to be. Imitators. Whatever God does, we want to do. Whatever he says, we want to say. How he acts, we want to act. We want to be more like Jesus. I'm not there. So that's why I tied I want to be more like Jesus. And I hope that we're in this thing together. We all want to be more like Jesus. And it says in verse 2, and walk in love. And we, we, you see, we come back to the whole series, be rooted and grounded in love, because nothing works unless it comes from love. Just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for, for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Jesus was the burnt offering. He was that offering that totally satisfied God, the Father. And because of what Jesus did, we can now come through Jesus, come to him, and receive his righteousness for our sin sinfulness and we can now be put back in right standing with the father oh that is so marvelous to know that he did that now i want to go 
just a little further. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. We'll start in verse 8. Let's go there. I want to be more like Jesus. That's what I want to be. What is he expecting of me if I want to be more like him? In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 8, now read through Proverbs 17. It says, my father is glorified by this. By what? That you bear much fruit. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about the result, the effect of the Holy Spirit. So prove to be my disciples. So as I bear fruit, I'm showing that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. It says, just as my Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide, dwell in, stay in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Now we know that Jesus did that. We know that he laid down his life for us. And so you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. I want to bear fruit, much fruit, and I want my fruit to remain so I know I have to yield to the Holy Spirit. And it says that so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is my command to you, that you love one another. So he keeps telling us that we need to love one another, love one another. How do I really know this love? How do I really know this love? He says, no greater love, in verse 13, has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's a chore. Let's look at 1 John. Let's go there. Chapter 316. You know, if I ask you what's John 316, the gospel of John 316, just about everybody have heard it or can quote it, for God so loved the world. He gave his own begotten son. Now, if I ask you to quote 1 John 3.16, most people, including myself, would have a hard time quoting that. But that's an important, that's a very, very important verse. Very important verse. Let's look at it. We know love by this. How do we know love? How do I know that you love your neighbor. How do I know that you love each other? How do I know that you love me? How do you know that I love you? How do we know this love? What does it look like? That's what he's answering this question in 1 John 3.16. That's why this is such an important Verse, because it goes with the verse we just read, the verse we read in John, because he says that no greater love that a man has than this to lay down his life for his friends. Well, we know that we love him because he first loved us. Is that correct? Well, if we love him because he first loved us, that means that he took the initiative. It wasn't that, that we decided we're going to love Jesus, and so therefore, since we love him, he now will love us. No, it's just the opposite. He loved us, so therefore we love him. We know love that way, don't we? 
We know that we are loved because he laid down his life for us. He saved us. We know he loved us. Well, how do we know that we love each other? How can you tell love amongst a body of believers? How can we tell that love? Well, it says, we know love by this. That he laid down his life for us. That's love. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Oh. Oh. Now, if you look in the, in the Greek in the tense of this verb, in, the, in other words, that when it says that he laid down his life for us, that's a one-time thing. It's a one-time thing. You know it's a one-time thing uh, without even looking in the, uh, the, in, in the, uh, the moves of the, uh, all that. But see, what about us? Because the, next, the last part of that verse says we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. What does that mean? Does that mean that if I die for you, that means that, uh, that, that, that my sacrifice for you will be enough to cleanse you of your sins? No. No, 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 no. No human being can cleanse anybody of sin. No, no, no. What does it mean then? What does it mean that we can lay down our lives for one another then? Because in the, in the terms of this verb to lay down, that laying down is, is like the present infinitive. It means that it's a continuous action. It means it's a uh, repeated action. That's what it means. It's not a one-time thing that I will lay down my life for you or you lay down your life for me. It's a continuous over and over repeated thing every single day, if it takes that. That's what it means. To lay down my life for you, obviously, it might take death, uh, but most of the time, we, we don't die for one another. It doesn't come to that. But we know that in case we had to, I think you would. Wouldn't you die for your, your loved one? Okay, I heard one. Right. <laughs> The rest of you probably won't die for your loved one. My goodness gracious. <laughs> what kind of love is this, you know? <laughs> it, well, you know, the scripture says that probably a person might lay down his life for a righteous man, but a sinner, no, he's not going to do that, you know. But this laying down a life is laying down your self-life, your, your will. Your way, your emotions, laying it down for the sake of your brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's what it means. This is something I think we miss in, 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 the, in the church, universal, because I don't think that we understand that this is our requirement. Because... We are in love. We gave up our life. We were crucified with him. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Is that correct? So that means that we died. So we shouldn't be concerned about our life. Our life is hid with Christ in God. So if our life is hid with Christ in God, I have to practice yielding my life, yielding my will, yielding my way to the will, the ways of God. In the, in the garden of Gethsemane, we know that Jesus, he will say, if there's another way, I, I'll do this other way. Nevertheless, what did he say? Not my will, but thy will be done. So in other words, he's saying, it's not about me. I'm here to do your will, O Lord. That's another scripture. Are we here to do the Father's will? Are we born again and said, I give my life to you in exchange for your righteousness? Well, were they just words we said or were 
was the truth. We gave our life to Jesus Christ. We have no life. The life we have now is hid with him in God. If that's so, that means that it shouldn't be about what I like, what I don't like, when it comes to what God wants, what he likes and what he doesn't like. Do do we understand? It doesn't come up until it's something that goes against what I want or what I like or how I think it should go. Do you you understand what I'm saying? That's when it comes up. That's when really this laying down my life continually comes up. Because I, I think that my way sometimes is better than somebody else's ways. That somebody else thinks their ways are sometimes better than somebody else's ways. Don't we all think that sometimes? But I I think that that God would want us to say, it's growth time. It's growth time. It's growing up time. It's death time. It's dying to self. It's laying down my life time. When things don't go your way, can you have a great attitude? Can you still be like Christ? I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Let's remember that as we go into our next scripture. Because what we want to do is say, God, I, I see that, but I don't know whether I can do that or not. Because, see, you are God. And, and, and so we are humans. You could do this thing when you walk there. But, see, my Bible doesn't read that way. My Bible reads, uh, like in Romans 8, 3, it would tell me that he came in likeness of sinful flesh. It tells me in Hebrews, it tells me 4, Hebrews 4, it tells me that, oh, we can come to our great high priest. We, We can come to him because... He can be touched by our, the feelings of our infirmities. It tells me that he was tempted in all cases like we are, yet without sin. It tells me that, hey, I can do this thing through Christ, right? Let's look at it in First John. We, we're there already. Let's just turn one page, First John 2, 3 through 6. It says that by this, we know that we have come to know him. And if you ask me, hey, do you know the Lord? Yeah, I know the Lord. What are you talking about, man? I've been walking with the Lord, man, for uh, man, about 30 years, man. What are you talking about? Do I know the Lord? Well, I know the Lord. But then it says, if we keep his commandments. By this, we know you have come to know the Lord. You, you right? If we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. That's a big measurement, isn't it? And what is his commandment? That we love one another. How do we know love? Because you lay down your life continuously, repeatedly for the brethren. For the sisters in the Lord, you know, for each other. It shouldn't be this, you know, getting mad at each other and won't talk to one another. And it shouldn't be all this, take my ball and go home. It shouldn't be all that in the church, should it? All right? It shouldn't be all that in the church. It's growth time. It's growing up time when things don't go your way. You know, don't, you, don't we tell our children that? Yeah. They might want to leave, but they know nobody else is going to feed them. 
<laughs> He'll stay. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. I like this by this. Because when it says by this, you know that he's either told you what it was before that or he's getting ready to tell you what it is after that. He's going to leave nothing to the imagination he's going to tell us. So by this, we know that we are in him. How do I know that I'm in him? Verse 6. The one who says he abides in him. You remember we talked about that abiding in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. You remember we talked about that abiding, that dwelling in. It's a continuous relationship with. It's united with him in heart, it's, you know, in, in will, in, in your mind. We're united with the Lord. I want my ways to be his ways. I want my thoughts to be his thoughts. And it's already told me in the Old Testament our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways, says the Lord. But it's Old Testament. When I have, and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have God's Spirit, this Spirit of grace living inside of you, then you have God inside of you. We have the ability to have our thoughts match up with his thoughts. Our ways match up with his ways because he's actually leading, isn't he? being led by the Holy Spirit, right? It says in Galatians, before it got to the fruit of the Spirit, be led by the, by the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if we're led by him, that means that uh, we have his thoughts. We have his mind. We have the mind of Christ, another scripture will say. Listen to what it says. Huh. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. I should look up that Greek word, same manner. Do you think I need to look it up to find out what the same manner is? Or do you think it's <laughs> kind of obvious, huh? What? That means that we can walk like Christ walked, deserved. Does it say that? Why tell a person, why would you tell your children, you ought to clean your room if they don't have the ability to clean their room? You wouldn't do it, would you? Why would he tell us, as his children, you ought to walk even as he walked, Christ walked, if we don't have the ability to do it? He wouldn't do that. He loves us. He's telling us something to do that he knows that we can do if we yield. That's all. That's good, Lord. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, let's go to the the result of all the effect of the Holy Spirit in two areas. One of those areas, and don't forget what we just Lay the foundation now. We can walk as he walked. We're getting ready to talk about now temperance. Temperance. That's a result of the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. I believe that the Holy Spirit is temperate. I believe it. Because the word says so in Galatians. So, I want to be more temperate. That's what I want to be. Let's look at... 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let's go there, verse 24. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Temperance. What does temperance mean? Temperance means self-control. It might even say that in your Bible. In the King James, I know it says temperance. And in, in the, uh, maybe another version, it says self-control. 
but it's the same thing. Temperance also means self-discipline. You notice the word self in front of it. Self-control. It didn't say, you know, that you're supposed to be uh, government control. It didn't say you should be uh, wife should be husband control. It didn't say husband should be wife control. It didn't say children should be parents control. It said self control. Right? Okay. Self discipline. Self discipline is we have to discipline ourselves in our freedom. Even when we taught a message on we are free from a lot of different things. We have to have self-discipline to walk in that freedom that we have in Christ. Another word for temperance will be self-restraint. Self-restraint in all passions and desires. These go together with the other ones uh, whether it be peace, whether it be joy, whether it be faithfulness, whether it be love, they all work together because I don't see how we can be self-disciplined, self-controlled if we don't know how much we are loved. But because God loves me, I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to uh, make excuses for myself, for my faults. I don't have to do that. Because I know how much he loves me. Is that true? Is that true? We don't have to do that, do we? We don't have to do that. We don't have to, we don't have to cover up for ourselves, put on fig leaves and aprons, as they said back in Genesis. We don't have to do that. We can just admit, uh, like when... Um, Adam was saying, and, and, and God came walking through the garden. Adam, where are you? Hey, I'm right here, man. I'm naked. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself because I ate that fruit, man. I, I, hey, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And fall down. That would have been great, wouldn't it? But I think we're still doing the same thing that he did. Men. Hey, God, is that woman you gave me? That, you know... <laughs> Man, of war for her, man, I'll be all right. You know? Don't we men sometimes do that? You know? You know, you know I didn't ask the women, I would have definitely got, yes, preach it, brother. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you, when you call your children, hey, hey uh, uh, Johnny, come here. What do I do now? We don't want that type of relationship. We know that God loves us, so I can be, I can self-restrain myself. I can do that. It's it's all so good. It works together with faithfulness. It's so good because I I can be faithful because I don't have to be concerned about uh, whether I'm used, misused, abused, you know, uh, by the body. Uh, yeah. I don't have to worry about that because I'm his. Right? <laughs> I'm his. Okay? It just it puts a whole new thing on our relationships. It really does. So uh, when we are looking at this, verse 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one received the prize. Now, he's talking about one of the commentators. He's talking about basically in Corinth they had these games that went on. And they only had one winner. They had to uh, prove that they had been in training for ten months before these games. And they've been working out in the gymnasium for a whole 30 days before the game started. Before they even could compete in it, could enter into it. But only one will win. And that one who won, 
uh, they would get a prize, their family would be honored, and they'd be honored in, this, in the city. So it, it was a big thing to win. And they said that only one would win the prize is to run in such a way that you may win. Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control. Another word for that is temperance. Another word for that is self-discipline. Another word for that is self-restraint in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable crown, but we, an imperishable one. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to aim, I box in such a way as not to be beaten to air. Now, going back to verse 25, it says they do it for something that's perishable. But then he's made an important statement, but we, we what? It's implied that we use self-control for that which is imperishable. So that means that we need to have the same type of self-control, self-discipline, self-restraint, training in righteousness as they were doing for the games for something that was perishable. Just think of what these, these athletes go through to compete in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, on a team. I think they have now uh, going on the what they call March Madness or something. They have the NCAA in the college going on tournament. And, and the whole season rides on if you want to be the national champion, whether you're going to win or not. And so you say, wow, how, how much did they train? And they didn't, they've been training for a long time. They didn't just start training last week. <laughs> they started training a long time. And they had, they had to be in the weight room during the off-season. They had to, it's, it's a lot of training they do for something that is not going to matter in eternity. Nobody's going to ask them, hey, did you win the NCAA back in 2012? You, were you on that team? Jesus is not going to be talking about, man, uh, tell me about the game. You, did you do a one-handed dunk or was it a windmill dunk? He's not going to be asking that. He's not going to be asking that. I don't believe. <laughs> so we have to really start realizing that we're in a warfare. We have to be training for this thing in righteousness. It said, verse 27, but I discipline my body. I discipline my body. In other words, I subject my body to hardship. I mortify this body. I make it my servant. I bring it into subjection, in other words, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Now, this is Paul talking. I say that one of the effects of the Holy Spirit's controlling, leading in our lives is for us to be self-controlled. Self-restrained, temperate in things. What are some things that's going to matter? What are some things that's going to matter? Oh, we can think of a lot of things, can't we? Huh? We can think of a lot of things. Let's go to one. Let's go over here to, because we can go to First John 2, 15. Let's go there. Um, we were in... in over there one time, we'll go back again. First John 2. We're in, this time, 15, 16. Because this is a classic, a classic, classic, classic uh, verse that, that all of you know, 16 and, and 15. Because once I, once I start reading it, you, you got it. You got it. Verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it says that 
is not from the Father, but from the world. Now, okay. We know that then that we need to discipline ourselves in those three areas, don't we? We need to use self-restraint in those three areas, don't we? The world always going to have beautiful things. Uh, did he tempt Jesus? The devil tempt Jesus? Take, I give you all the kingdoms of the world if you bow down and worship me. It's a lot of nice things in this world. But we have to use self-restraint. We can't go after everything that I see. Is that correct? We have to use delayed gratification in a lot of things, don't we? Financially, don't we? Right? Delayed gratification. If I bought everything that I saw, then, of course, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work anyway because they don't give them away, so you had to buy them. And if you had to buy them, you got to have money. If you don't have the money, you can't buy them anyway. So we like to do these things called window shopping. Y'all like to go window shopping, ladies? Window shopping. Men, do y'all like to go window shopping? No. <laughs> and if I'm going out, I'm going out to kill, you know? <laughs> Tell me what you want. Tell me where it is. I go get it. I don't need to look five different stores to see which one. Look the best, then come back to the first one. I don't need to do all that, you know? <laughs> I don't need to do it. But I'm sure if you've been married any length of time, gentlemen, you know, as well as I know, you better act like you like window shopping. <laughs> yeah, you better act like you got window shopping. Yeah. Especially when we get to the next uh, manifestation or uh, result or effect of the Holy Spirit. So we can't do that. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We have to discipline ourselves in those things. That's why one of the things, one of the great advantages of fasting, and we're not talking on fasting today. I just mentioned it. I'm just mentioning it uh, just in passing because if I say too much, you, you won't like me. But, uh, <laughs> but fasting will bring this body into submission in the areas of food. You know that? Especially if you do, a, if you're able to, uh, medically, uh, physically, if you're able to do a, a, a complete fast, you know, rather than a Daniel fast or something, you know. Uh, and sometimes we do, we call it, this is a, a John fast. What's that? Uh, don't worry about it. I can eat anything I want to eat as long as, <laughs> as, long as I don't eat too much of it, you know. <laughs> It's interesting. Sometimes we do that. We'll say, well, we're fasting. What are you? Oh, you're fasting. Oh, you're fasting praying. No, I'm just fasting TV. Oh, that's not a fast. <laughs> uh, let me get off that because I see already you're you, you mad. <laughs> I see already you're mad. Okay, I'll, I'll get off that one. Okay. okay, but we do have to realize that we have to or bring our bodies in, into subjection in those areas. A big area is anger. It's gonna, it's, it will really it will affect the next one I'm talking about. Let's look in James chapter 1, verse 19. Now, anger, is in, in, anger and our words really get us, get us into a lot of trouble. We have to use self Discipline, self-restraint in our words. This you know, verse 19, James chapter 1, verse 19. My brethren, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That needs to be practiced at home. It really does. We need to practice this every day, be 
swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We have to have the Holy Spirit to help us in that area, and He's willing to help us. He's just telling us hey, it's going to look like this. I'm going to say, don't say anything. Don't say anything. That's your cue not to say anything. Right? How many of us, you, you, oh, you got the cue. But you still see it something, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I asked for forgiveness later. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, we did that now. We did that. No doubt about it, you know. It said, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Ooh, my goodness gracious. He, man, James telling just like it is. Ooh, I said, my goodness gracious. They say, yeah, but the scripture says to be angry and sin not. Well, there's one verse out of 5th 11 that will tell you that anger is a bad thing, really. Because not too many people are going to get angry and don't sin. Because you have to be getting angry at the right thing. And it has to be righteous anger. And it has to be led by the Spirit. And most of us don't fall in that category. We don't fall in that category. We're going to practice this now. We have to hear. If you make a mistake, ask for forgiveness. Will you? Ask for forgiveness. Say, please forgive me. I was foolish. Because I know that the word says that a foolish man answers before he's heard a matter. Proverbs. Right? I had to do that the other day. Was the other day? Yesterday. It was yesterday. I had to do it. Because right? my wife was telling me. No, it, was, it wasn't yesterday. It was uh, Friday. Was it Friday? I think it was Friday. Because she was telling some. She was, we, we were on the way. Do some shopping, and she was going, hey, guess what I did? And she was going to tell me something nice, man. She was all joyful. And when she got out one word, and I, I said, wait a minute, ho, ho. Do you know the meaning of that word? Have you looked up that word? Have you said that word? You know? Why, why, are, you, why are you saying that word every day? You don't even know the meaning of that word. Yeah? And she said, well, it's not about the word. Let me tell you what. No, you need to know the word. Yeah. And then <laughs> we usually talk. <laughs> We used to talk on Saturday morning, uh, and I saw her writing something on a little tablet, you know. She was smiling, lay back down, you know. And I was busy just laying there thinking, you know. I said, hey, what you, what, what, you, what you writing? What you thinking about? I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I, I said, oh. I said, why are you going to tell me, babe? How are you going to tell me? She said, because, because you're going to just, you, you, you know everything. You, you're going to just want to. I said, I said, oh, God, okay. Uh, look, this is what I was doing then. No, 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 I'm not telling you anything. Don't even try it. I'm not telling you anything. I said, look, uh, I was foolish. I was foolish. I, I, I tried to answer a matter before I even heard the whole thing. Please forgive me. And she forgave me. And, you know, a few minutes later, she said, okay, I'm going to tell you what it was about. So she told me. But now suppose I wouldn't have asked for forgiveness. Suppose I, the pride of life got me. You want to be silent? Then be silent and, and, and sin against God, you know? <laughs> you know, I can throw that stuff on it. You know how, how we, we beat people with the word of God, you know? We just, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to communicate with your husband. All right, be stubborn, okay? Right. And when you tell other people, you know, to communicate, then you remember this, you know, you won't communicate with me. No, I just, and that, that's what, isn't that how David did? Once he found out, once Nathan Lee told him, that he has sinned. He said, ah, I have sinned. Nathan said, the prophet Nathan said, you're that man when he, when he sinned against Bathsheba and sinned against her husband by killing Uriah. Uh, you're that man. He said, I have sinned. I have sinned against you and you only, God. And Psalm, I think, 51 explains it all, how he was repentant about the thing. We have to learn how to be humble. 
We have to learn how to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger because it doesn't work the righteousness of God. And what happens is the next, the next manifestation or effort, uh, effect of the, of the Holy Spirit in our life is kindness. It's kindness. But, but doesn't self-control go with kindness? Uh, let's turn to Titus 3 uh, because uh, 3, 4. Verse 4, chapter 3, verse 4. Um, because kindness is like gentleness. It's like gentleness. It's that it's a grace that um, it spreads throughout the whole nature of man, a woman. And it really softens everything that is hard, callous, harsh. It softens all that. That's what the Spirit's effect in our life is with kindness. I'm not like that. You may be, all of you may be, so kind, you were born kind. It's kind. You know, I know you weren't, but, you know, just in case you think you're, I'll just give you the benefit of the doubt. But most of us are not that kind. And we all are kind in church. Aren't we? We just smile, right? I'm, I'm, somebody do something for you. I'm, they say, I'm sorry. Oh, you're forgiven. It's fine. No problem. It's fine. It's fine. But really, it's not fine. Come on. Really, it's not fine. Because when you get out in your car or at home, did you see Sister So and So? Did you hear what she said to me? Somebody asked me to forgive her, and then she done stepped all over me, you know? See if I work in the children's ministry anymore, you know? <laughs> I mean, we got, we got, we got this attitude. We're not, we're not kind in, by, this is, our nature has to be that way. God has to transform this nature in us. That's what he has to do. He has to do it in me. Because I'm not that way generally. And so the word of God helps me because when I know the word of God and he's trying to tell me, hey, he brings a scripture up to me and that's why I was able to say, hey, I was foolish. I answered before I even heard what you would have to say. Please forgive me. Because I don't want to be unkind. See, she, didn't want to, she didn't want to talk to me and tell me anything else because, I mean, she talked to me, talked to me, but she wouldn't tell me anything else scripturally, what she was getting. And that's a bad thing. Because we're supposed to be watchmen over our homes, men, well, hey, what, what did you talk about? What, what, what did you study today, sweetheart? You know, what God's saying to you. Because if you don't, you might fall in this Adam and Eve thing. She's, uh, you know, conversing with the snake, and you don't even know it. You're not paying attention. I've been there. I've done that. Been so busy doing my thing that I didn't watch over my family, my children. And that's what he's telling us with the kindness. It says in verse 4, But when the kindness of our God and Savior and his love for mankind appear. See, he is kind. He is kind. You know you can go to God. David knew he can go to God. Well, forgive me, God. David even said uh, when he had numbered the people, and they said, Well, what do you want, David? you want famine? Do you want the people get killed? What, what do you want? David said, look, I, I want you, Lord, you to, don't turn me over to men. I want you to, you know, to, to, to uh, discipline me. He knows that God is kind. Do we know, do people know that we are kind? That's our nature. Our nature is kindness. Do we know that? Well, mine is not there. And I want it to be there. So, this message, I said, God, I want to be kind. 
in Colossians 3, 12. Let's look there. In verse 12, uh, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, so, that, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness. Oh, my goodness. He's telling us that's what we need to do. As chosen by God, holy and beloved. See, he loves us. Why can't you be kind if he loves us? Why are you concerned about being mean? Right? When the dish is still sitting in the sink. It's been over a day. It's still sitting in the sink. Why don't you be kind and wash them? Men. Because it's usually the woman's job. She's the one who normally does it. Come on, can you do that, man? Can you be kind to do that? And, and even if she doesn't work outside the home, can't you be kind and come and wash the dishes for her? Can you put them up? Can you dry them out of the dishwasher put them up? Can you do it? Kind. That's what I'm talking about. When the kindness of our Lord, wasn't he kind to us? Isn't he still kind to us? When we sin, we can go to him and he said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace to, to help in a time of need, right? He, he's not going to, you know, he, he said, look, uh, count all joy when you're falling to divers, you know, temptation. Because we know that, you know, trying to your faith works patience or perseverance. That perseverance have its perfect work, that you may be entire, perfect, one or nothing. If anyone likes wisdom, let him ask of God, who upbraideth not. In other words, he don't find fault. That's what that means. He's not going to find fault in, in us. We can, we can be uh, as away from God as we should be, and we come to God, and God is ready to forgive us. He's kind. I want to be kind. I want to be more kind. Lord, help me be more kind. Let's end it in, in uh, Ephesians 4. You remember I said, when I start off, therefore, be imitators of God. And I said, we'll come back to the therefore while I was there. In verse 29 of chapter 4 of Ephesians, it works together. It works together. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Oh, that's so good. That's part of being kind. A lot of times, it's not what we do, but it's what we say and how we say it, isn't it? Maybe I'm in the wrong place. But I know that that's, that's the truth. A lot of times, it's our attitude. We don't have a kind attitude. We'll irritate it. Frustrated, and we speak unkindly to the ones who love us, the ones who are trying to help us. Come on, don't we? Yeah. It says, but only, see, let nothing of them sit out of your mouth, but only such a word as good for edification. Only. Maybe I need to look that up in Greek only, you know. Now, that tells me that the way I speak to my children, the way way I speak to my wife, the way I speak to their cat, I need to... (laughs) Because the cat irritates me. (laughs) They come and just look at me. And he... He wants me to rub him. I don't want to rub the cat. Get hair on my hands. I don't want to rub the cat. You know. Brandy comes on. She said, "Don't be so mean. Rub the cat. You know the cat wants attention. Rub the cat. You know. Okay, I rub the cat. Okay. I rubbed him yesterday. I said, "Now go head on. Now you got you got two rubs. That's it. That's it." 
But I'm working on kindness. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It says that so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do the people who hear us when we get irritated, when we get frustrated, when we get upset, do they hear grace in our words? Do they hear grace? That's what we want to know. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God because, see, I believe he's telling us these things grieve the Holy Spirit who is trying to lead us, who's trying to tell us that, hey, don't say that. Don't do that. And we said, look, I'm in control here. And then we go say it, and then we say, hey, forgive me. Okay, now you're going to lead, Holy Spirit. Now you can lead. No, 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 no. He's not somebody just going to just be at our beck and call. He takes over. Just because that's what we said. We give you my life. Didn't we say that? So he came to take over. So therefore, we need to give him full control. It says that let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put Away from you. That's another scripture. Put anger away. Put it away. So find out by saying, God, I get angry too soon. I get irritated. Help me, Lord. And you, we, that sends us on our knees to pray, doesn't it? It puts us on our knees to pray. We need to be doing that, everybody. Teens, on up. We need to be doing that. Give me, give me the ability to obey my parents. We need to be doing that. It says that in verse 32, be kind. We're kind again. Woo! Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators. Because God is this way, isn't he? Oh, oh God, I want to be kind. I want to be like Jesus. Let's stand. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. More like Jesus. More like Jesus. If I, if, I, if I could get that kindness right, if I could get that kindness right, I think my life will go, you know, leaps and bounds with the Lord. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. It's not that, you know, I don't mean all the time anything like that. It's just that it's when you get frustrated. That's what I'm working on in, in my home. When I get frustrated, when I get irritated, that's when I want to be kind. It doesn't work when everything's going your way. It's easy to be kind when everybody's serving you. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> you know, your, your dinner's on the table, everything's good. But that's something you wanted. I mean, man, you... He said, well, would you cook me this right here? Well, it's your favorite dish. And, and, and she burns it. You know, she burns it. You know? Because she, you know, she just forgot it. She just burned it. Oh, you're going to be kind. Oh, that's okay, sweetheart. I didn't need it anyway. I didn't need it, you know. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Don't you worry about a thing. Scrape the burn off. I'll eat it anyway. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever done that before? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we used to do, the toast. We burn the thing, man, we scrape it off. Eat it anyway, you know, eat it anyway. Yeah. And enjoy it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> kind. I'm talking, I'm talking about something real now. I'm talking about something real. We have to work on that. Father, help us. And I, I believe, Father, it's all of us. We need to be more temperate, self-restrained. Self-control, because it works together for kindness. We need to be kind. We need we we need your grace to pervade over our our whole whole being, Lord. It don't spread out and don't leave anything untouched, Lord. Because we know that kindness is a disposition. It, it, it's a it's it's a attitude, Lord. It's, 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 in our, it's our inner being. It, it'll come out in things we do, but it's really our being. It's what we are on the inside. We're just kind. But it's only because of you, Lord. It's only because of you.
Help us, Lord, to practice that starting today, at home, everywhere we go, when we get irritated, frustrated, when we're driving along, somebody cuts us off. Whatever with long lines at Walmart, it doesn't matter, Lord. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're kind. We're kind. That's what we want to be. And we know it can't be unless we give our lives to you. The prayer team come up. If anybody is not giving your life to Jesus Christ, and you would say, today I would like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be led by the Spirit. Would you raise your hand and put it back down, and I will pray for you, close prayer for you. Anybody? If you're going away from, stray from the Lord, and you say, I want to come back to the Lord today, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand, put it back down. I want to pray for you. Anybody? We have a prayer team up. We have um, two men over there that will pray for you. If they get anything word-wise uh, to hear from God, they will give that to you. So over there is, is if you want maybe to hear what maybe God may be saying as far as an area in your life, you go over there and over here in these areas here, they're just going to pray for you and whatever your need is. Or if you want to stand in for somebody. I really appreciate you. God loves you. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.